now, ladies and gentlemen, one of our continent's eminent voiceover artists, Chilulemba, the voiceover plug. Thank you, Destro, and thank you to you for joining me today for the voiceover plug, episode two. My name is Chilulemba, and I wish to thank you, first of all, for all the great feedback that I've received since episode one. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope to continue telling you stories and sharing some information that you might find valuable. So today, I'll be giving you some tricks about overcoming nerves in studio and giving your best performance. Tricks might be a bad word, though. It makes it sound gimmicky. So maybe I'm better off just saying I'm going to give you some advice. Uh, whether it's great advice or not will be up to you to decide. So that's today's episode. Stay with me. The voiceover plug with Chilulemba. All right, hope you're comfortable. I'm going to tell you a story, and uh, the story has different layers to it, so feel comfortable, get ready for a storytelling experience. This one stretches back a couple of decades, and it happened in the first year that I was in college in South Africa, which was about 1999. I was granted the opportunity to do a voiceover, as in a professional voiceover. The background leading up to that opportunity is that uh, Lindsay, Lindsay was the administrator at the college that I attended, the AAA School of Advertising in Johannesburg. She'd been telling a sound engineer friend of hers about the voiceover skills of a student from Zambia, a.k.a. me. So the sound engineer got in touch with me and he had me do two small jobs at his studio. One was for an event at our college, actually, which Lindsay was organizing. It was a bachelor auction and I was doing the announcements for that event. And the second job was radio imaging for a radio station that was based in the KZN province of South Africa. Then days later, weeks later, whatever, he excitedly told me about a real job, like a real job lots of money and I was so psyched and I was ready to go understandably a bit nervous but man this was going to be a big thing for me because yes I'd done a ton of voiceovers in my past life but nothing in South Africa seriously at that time. So the day of the recording I got to the studio which was called the Video Lab back then and it was the premier facility in the city for post-production, a very elite space with expensive furniture, numerous recording suites, and many advertising people and producers just pacing the corridors looking like they were in the middle of urgent jobs and stuff, and expensive fragrances in every corner of the building. It was that kind of space. You get the picture. So I was welcomed into the room where I was going to be recording, and the first thing that I noticed was that an entire wall in the studio, an entire wall, had the visuals from the ad that I was going to be voicing being projected onto it like a cinema screen. The client area had these huge, comfortable reclining seats, you know, like those VIP ones at the cinema. And I looked around, I was taking it all in. It was breathtaking. I hadn't seen anything of that sort in my life. Then I was shown the script and... The director asked uh, the sound engineer to play the ad one more time for me so that I could familiarize myself with it. I watched this ad and I was in awe because it was showing on this big, humongous, gigantic screen. The concept of the ad was a bit abstract, so I didn't get what was going on. And then that coupled with the fact that I'm in this room where I'm a bit thrown off, I think ultimately contributed to what happened, but I'll get to that. So when they asked if I was ready, I wasn't, but I said yes. 
I went into the booth, which was a pretty small, airtight space, but pretty comfortable. The ad was played, and I looked at the screen, and when it was time for me to read uh, the words, which were meant to be synchronized with the visuals on the screen, I, I in short, I bombed. <laughs> Many attempts were made that day, and the more attempts were made, I think I even got more nervous and gave like a worse performance with each take, I think. And back in those days when the producer and the client and the director wanted to talk about the ad or gossip about you, they'd switch off what's called the talk back button. And so you as the voiceover artist would see them talking because their lips were moving, but you could never make out what they were saying because you were in this dead soundproof booth, which wouldn't allow you to, to eavesdrop properly. Shortly after that, I saw the producer walk out the room, and when the mic was turned back on, the talkback mic, the director asked me to do one more take. And I did the take. I'd composed myself a bit, so I thought, you know, this last take was okay compared to the previous ones. And the director then looked at me and said, I think we got it. Probably even, you know, gave me a thumbs up. And so I said, thank you. I still felt very vulnerable, very shaky. And I left the room, and as I was leaving the facility, I walked past the producer, and I could swear that she was phoning a talent agency to send a voiceover artist to the video lab to save the day. But I wasn't sure, you know, so I left with a mix of nerves and excitement at the prospect of getting paid. I'm going to use this story at the close of this episode to share ideas of how you can have a better experience than I did. So if you're starting out as a voiceover artist and you're listening to me right now, just stick around. We'll get to the juicy stuff in a bit. So a few weeks after that recording, I was at the Spurs Steak Ranch in an area called Randburg where I was working as a part-time waiter in the evening. I was excited about how soon I wouldn't have to be a waiter anymore because I'd be a part-time voiceover artist. Yes, part-time. Keep in mind, I was still in college. So even if I did get a break, it was going to have to be part-time in terms of me being a voiceover artist. And I told my friends about it and I told everyone that I was uh, about to become a voiceover artist in South Africa. It was pretty exciting. I sort of started counting the days until the day I was going to get paid. And when you're making money like I was at the time as a waiter, the equivalent of perhaps $10 a night, the prospect of hundreds of dollars in the air is a good reason to be excited. So this one evening while I was at the restaurant serving customers and doing the waiter thing, I went to the counter which doubled as a bar inside the restaurant and when I looked up to the ceiling because the TV was mounted quite high in that restaurant above the bar counter, there it was. On the screen at that moment was the start of the mobile ad, the ad that I voiced in studio. I told the barman excitedly that my voice was about to come on towards the end of the ad with a big smile on my face. Then the part came on and it wasn't my voice. <laughs> They evidently did get a real voiceover artist to save the day, and yeah, it sucked big time in that moment. I won't lie to you, I was really hurt, and you know, yeah, I walked away from the bar, deflated. I had to serve out the rest of that shift, knowing that I hadn't cracked it. I wasn't part of the fold of the voiceover community, it just sucked. And then, some days later, maybe a few weeks later, I had a letter in the mail. And I opened the, the envelope and in it was a check. 
and the line item on the check for X amount of uh, Rand said rejection fee. And my reaction was, what the hell? Why? You get paid if your voice is rejected. The amount of money on that check was equivalent to perhaps what I would make after two weeks at my part-time job as a waiter. And I won't lie to you. At that point, I thought, you know what? If I'm a voiceover artist and all I get is rejection fees, (laughs) that's better than being a waiter. So anyway, fast forward to present day. Let's wrap this uh, episode up with some tricks, as I said, or some advice, whatever you wish to call it. If I, as Chilu Lemba today, was charged with mentoring that young Chilu from 1999, I'd say things like this. So number one, when you get in studio, it's the small things that make a big difference. Remember that. So you enter the room. First thing to do is perhaps just read the room. Arrive early so that you can take time to familiarize yourself with the room itself and with the players in the room because each person has a role in that uh, studio and the more you know who's doing what, the more comfortable you will be. Number two, take big breaths or steady your breathing. Don't let the moment overwhelm you, in other words. So whatever it is that you do as your own system to try and maintain a sense of calm, do that. Number three, take time to understand the ad. If need be, ask the people for five minutes or however long you need to get your head around the ad and the creative concept that anchors that particular ad. Remember, not all ads are the same. I mean, I'll tell you something that I've found to be true. Sometimes when I'm on the way to a recording in instances where I know the brand that I'm about to do a read for, on the way to the studio, I start getting into the zone of how I know that brand to sound. But guess what? After arriving at the studio, I'd be told that the brand is perhaps shifting direction, so they want a totally different read to what I had imagined in my own head and what I'd been gearing up for. So maybe it's best, and this is my advice, to arrive as a blank canvas, kind of. Only populate your mind in terms of what the direction is once you've heard the director's take and had a chat with him about the direction that he wants to go with that particular ad. Because your performance will be a combination of two things the director's notes, and your instincts. Those two things working in concert will make the ad successful. Read the script out loud, get comfortable with the copy, because what's critical, as I said earlier on, is understanding what you're reading. The more you understand, the less you'll sound like you're reading. Number four, hydration is important. And when I say hydration, I'm talking about water. Water! Um, For real, I mean, consider milk or anything that has dairy in it, consider that an enemy. I mean, I love cappuccinos, I really do, but trust me, right before a recording, you don't want to drink one. It's like kryptonite to Superman. It won't make your performance go down so well. It'll make your throat all sticky. So request either room temperature water or hot water or whatever. Personally, I just keep hydrated to avoid these mouth noises that are so irritating and so difficult sometimes for the sound engineer to take out the recording. So keep hydrated. Number five, keep a pen handy. I mean, nowadays I know that their phones, sometimes you'll read your script off the phone and that eliminates the need for a pen. But if you're going to a studio and you know that they're going to give you a script on paper, having a pen on hand allows you to be ready for script changes and things of that sort, or even to make markers on the script, underline words that need to be highlighted when you read, etc. So having a pen handy is a good thing. 
And number six, be present, be in the moment so that you can listen to the director and the producer and the client without distractions. Pay more attention to the job at hand than to your phone. Put your phone on airplane mode or totally switch it off. That's how I've been doing it for years. Um, bottom line, regardless of your formula, just be present, be in the zone, be in the pocket, be in the room, give the job your full attention. All right, that's a wrap. And in case you're feeling sorry for me, because I know it's easy to think, poor Chilu, oh man, that was so bad. The reality is about 10 years later, the lady who was the producer who went outside and phoned somebody to rescue that particular situation, I worked with her so often. I mean, I became her go-to guy for a period and uh, later on she retired and was still in good books. The sound engineer who had introduced me to her happens to be her son and he's still in the advertising industry since migrated to the US. I will not mention his name, but he's probably listening to this right now with utter amusement. And the sound engineer whose studio it was earlier today in 2021, I was sending audio from my studio for some ads that he's mixing. And these are big budget ads, uh, which will be on air sometime soon. So everything works out in the end. It might take years, it might take decades, but don't feel sorry for me because these people are still part of my ecosystem and life goes on. So hope that inspires you in a sense. And shout out to Lindsay who believed in me. She's still my connect on Instagram and uh, I really do appreciate the role that she played in my life. So once again, remember that each voice is unique and each voiceover journey is unique. I'm just sharing from mine with mine. Take care. Chat soon. And that was the voiceover plug with Chilulemba. Catch Chilu on social media using the handle at Chilulemba. And if you haven't checked out his memoir, Finding My Voice, get it as an audiobook on Audible, an ebook or paperback on Amazon. <laughs>